prayers that I could hear. God, let my mind be opened. Let my mind be open to the preaching of the word tonight. God, I love you. I praise you in Jesus' name. glad to be in church tonight. Well, that was a few of you. Is there anybody glad to be in church tonight? How about it? Hallelujah. Well, what an honor that it is to be back here with you tonight. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Isaiah chapter 10. We will uh, read verses 24 through 27. While you turn there, Give honor to your man of God. Brother, if you could help me with these monitors, all you could. I don't want to hurt nobody in the house. Give me some help up here. Give honor to your pastor. Um, I love him so, so very much. He is a man of God. I esteem, admire, and respect. And uh, there's nowhere I'd rather be preaching than right here tonight. I give honor to lovely, lovely woman I call my, my wife, my bride. I'm so glad to have my beautiful wife with me here tonight. I love her very much. Glad to have my children. And um, it's good to see all the saints of God. I always say it's hard to have church without saints. And uh, so I'm glad you're here to all of our guests. Thank you for coming. And uh, we certainly are feeling the power and glory of God this place. I uh, do come tonight with a, a burden, a message that God's given me to preach, and I feel like having church tonight. I didn't just come here to play church and play games and go through a set of motions or check a box on the calendar or do a little routine. Hey, God's not looking for Pentecostal robots. Amen. We, we know what to do. We know when to do it. We know how to do it. But I'm praying that before this service is over, somebody would get a fresh anointing, unction, quickening, power of God in this place. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now. God wants to talk to us. God wants to help us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Isaiah 10 and 24. Say amen if you're there. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of hosts, O my people that dwellest in Zion, be not afraid of the Assyrian. He shall smite thee with a rod and shall lift up his staff against thee after their manner of Egypt. For yet a very little while, and the indignation shall cease, and mine anger and their destruction. And the Lord of hosts shall stir up a scourge for him according to the slaughter of Midian, the rock of Oreb. His rod was upon the sea, so shall he lift it up after the manner of Egypt. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder, and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed, and say this last phrase with me, because of the anointing. Because of the anointing. I want to preach tonight, if the Lord will help me for just a little while from this thought. Because of the anointing. Because of the anointing. 
Would you help me right now? Put your Bibles down. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voices. And let's pray all over this place that God would speak to us. Come on, would you lift up your voice and pray all over this house? Come on, I'm asking a child of God to lift up your voice all over this place. Lord, we need your anointing. We need your power. We need your spirit. We need your help in this place tonight, God. We need the help of the Holy Ghost, the undergirding power of your spirit to flow and fall in this place like a mighty rain. God, I pray that one more time you would use me as a vessel through which you could speak, God. Anoint me from the top of my head to the sole of my feet to preach with the anointing and unction. Would you just stretch your hand toward this pulpit and pray? Come on, we need God to connect us in the Holy Ghost and the Spirit. God, I pray tonight, Lord, that your word would go forth with power and clarity, God. In the name of Jesus, bind us together tonight, God. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Now, before you're seated, would you just clap your hands like thunder? Come on, some of you need to put a little more effort into your response to the Spirit of God right now. Come on, I know it's Tuesday night. I know it's a midweek. We're tired. Amen. But God's worthy of our praise. I said He's worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. You feel that? Come on, it walked in here. Come on, clap your hands a little bit more feels good. Why don't you add your voice to it right now? Clap your hands, all your people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Come on, somebody, make his praise glorious. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, shout hallelujah, hallelujah. Now I want you to throw your head back and just give God a shout of praise. Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. Oh, we worship you tonight, God. Come on, we, we got to push a little bit right here. We got to press our way in. Come on, somebody pray right now that you're praying in the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody press past that veil of your flesh. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, I bind every spirit of lethargy and complacency and distraction. Oh, I loose the power of God, the gift of faith. Come on, somebody help me pray right now. Come on, the devil love to bind up this service and stop what God wants to do. But we come to have church. We come to put the devil under our feet. We come to get victory. We come to get deliverance. Somebody come to get a miracle. Somebody come to get a healing. Somebody praise him right now. Somebody praise him right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the church say amen. You may be seated in the presence of God if you're going to help me preach. In our text, the prophet Isaiah spoke to a people uh, under Assyrian oppression 
as prophesied, Syria would spoil, plunder, and oppress the people of God. But hope was given, and the promise was clear that the same God that used these Assyrians to bring judgment to Israel would soon bring destruction to the Assyrians. And he talked about the yoke would be destroyed. A yoke was a wooden cross piece people in biblical times used uh, to an animal or two animals. They'd yoke them together so they could pull a load or work a field. And it was designed to keep these animals, these uh, beasts of burden and bondage, subjugating and controlling them and to enforce cooperation. So in Scripture, when you see the word yoke, it's often a metaphor used to indicate oppression, bondage, or slavery. And so this yoke of oppression and bondage was going to be broken, somebody say, because of the anointing. Because of the anointing. The anointing is a powerful thing. We are a New Testament church, but to understand the anointing, we got to go back to the Old Testament because... Every New Testament doctrine has an Old Testament foundation. And in the Old Testament, to be anointed was often accompanied with the smearing of oil, the anointing of oil. And it served a few purposes. Uh, Firstly, to consecrate something or make it holy, to to dedicate it and set it apart to the work of God. An example of this would be the anointing of the altar, where before it was just a pile of stones, but after it was anointed... It became an altar dedicated to the service of the Lord. The anointing was used to call a person to a particular service. Uh, For example, God instructed the prophets to anoint kings and priests, men like uh, David and Saul and Solomon. It was a sign of their calling that they were dedicated to the service of God and that God's favor and that God's hand was upon them. And thirdly, it was divine enablement and empowerment to do the will of God. How many remembers that Old Testament judge by the name of Samson? He was anointed by God to go to war with the Philistines. In one particular battle, he used the jawbone of a donkey to kill a thousand Philistine men. I believe that when David walked into the valley of Elah, he'd already went down to the stream And he got himself five smooth stones. But the Bible says that he ran out to that battlefield to meet this giant. He was not in covenant relationship with God. He was an uncircumcised Philistine. And as as Goliath had the people of God living and cowering in fear, there was one young little shepherd boy that was not afraid of him. And I believe that it was not just the talent of David with that stone and sling, but I believe as he slung that rock toward the head of that giant, it was the anointing of God that guided it and helped bring that giant to the ground. Joshua was anointed as as the leader of Israel to take God's people into the promised land. And I want to tell you tonight that as the New Testament church, those of us that have been filled with the Holy Ghost can be mightily anointed of God. I'm going to say that again. Those of us that have been filled with the Holy Ghost can be mightily anointed and used of God. 1 John 2 and 20 says, but you have an unction or an anointing from the Holy One. Jesus Christ is the anointed one. And he said, you know all things. Somebody turn to your neighbor and tell them, we have an unction. Come on, turn to somebody else and tell them, we have an unction. 
In Exodus 30 and 22 through 34, 35 or so, you're welcome to read it. God uh, commanded Moses to make a holy anointing oil by which the tabernacle and every vessel in it was to be consecrated. And this prefigures the anointing of the Holy Ghost that would come upon the hearts and minds of God's people. But just like every vessel in the tabernacle that was anointed became holy, I want to tell you that no act or service we perform is made holy without that precious anointing. It is the anointing that enables and empowers us to do the will of God. It is God doing through us what we cannot do on our own. It is the divine touch of God on man. And I want to preach to us tonight that it is the anointing that makes the difference. It is the anointing that makes ordinary people capable of doing extraordinary things through the help of God. The anointing enables and it empowers and it quickens. It illuminates, it transforms. It's power and it's authority. Can I just preach to you tonight that there is nothing like the anointing. I said there's nothing like the anointing. It's what gives us that unction. It's what gives us that quickening. It's what gives us that divine enablement and power and grace to step out on that Holy Ghost limb and obey God and watch Him work. Can I tell you that the anointing makes the difference in preaching. There is a difference between preaching and anointed preaching. Hallelujah. There's a difference between somebody uh, sitting on a bar stool, uh, come on with their sleeves rolled up uh, and giving you a little TED talk uh, and an anointed man of God getting up uh, and preaching uh, the holy word of God. Uh, I thank God tonight uh, that this is a church uh, that can discern uh, what's just preaching uh, and what's anointed preaching. Uh, We better have a spirit of discernment in this last hour. Somebody asked an old preacher one time what it, what it was, how to describe the anointing. And he told him, he said, well, I could, I could describe it to you. It can be a little complicated. He said, but there's one thing I can sure tell you when something isn't anointed. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God for anointed preaching. I said, thank God for anointed preaching. How many in here remembers the day you walked into an apostolic church? Come on, if you remember, come on, lift up your hand. Do you remember the anointing you began to feel? as the preacher began to preach the holy word of God. Hey, there's nothing like the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Anointed preaching will break the shackles of sin. Anointed preaching, hallelujah, it'll remove the scales of tradition off of your eyes. Anointed preaching will bring a manifestation and the power of God. Luke 4 and 18 said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Thank God for Holy Ghost anointed preaching that will bring any healing and deliverance and salvation and freedom. Let me tell you something about anointed preaching. It's not dry. It's not casual. It's not nonchalant. But it's got power and it's got depth and it's got authority. Hey, hey, somebody, I'm, I'm just going to obey the Holy Ghost. Somebody said, well, I had a man to tell me, he, he listened to a, uh, some of my preaching 
uh, we've done a little business together, and he asked me why it is I holler all the time. And, and I, I, I'll be honest with you, I love this question because I do have an answer because I'm passionate about what I'm preaching. You, you got people in the world that will take their children to the basketball coaches and little t-ball leagues and their football leagues and, and they will turn loose a coach to holler and scream at their boys and girls and tell them they need to run faster and jump higher and pay more attention and they don't think a thing about it. But they come to church and the preacher gets a little passionate and they wonder what in the world is going on. Let me tell you something. Uh, men that are preaching the truth, uh, they have a revelation of the destiny that can unfold uh, in the house of God and the weight of eternity uh, that hangs in the balance. Uh, amen. I want the preachers preaching to me uh, to be passionate uh, about the message that you're preaching. Uh, and passionate men get loud sometimes. Uh, come on, the word of the Lord says, cry aloud. And spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet. I thank God for a preacher with a backbone. Come on, that don't mind getting red in the face. Amen. And calling out sin and lifting up his voice like a trumpet. We better not ever get to the place where we get so dignified and spoiled that we view the preach word of God like we do a little TED talk. Amen. There's got to be saints that have the attitude that says preacher preach to me preacher preach to me my soul's at stake my eternity's weighing in the balance it's the anointing that makes the difference the anointing makes the difference in our singing the singing we do it's more than just melodies and words but it's anointed of God in 2 Chronicles 20, Jehoshaphat and the people of God were attacked by the Moabites and the Ammonites and the people of God were greatly afraid and distressed. But there was a man in the congregation, the Spirit of the Lord come upon him. God anointed him and something come over him. And he said, folks, I want you to listen to what I got to say. You're not going to have to fight this battle. You can sit this one out because this battle's not yours. This battle is the Lord's. In 2 Chronicles 20 and 20, they wrote, early in the morning and went forth to the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat the leader stood and said, Hear me, O Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. So shall you be established. Believe his prophets. So shall you prosper. Well, there's a message right there. Thank God for people that'll heed the voice of the preacher. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed somebody say, Singers! Singers unto the Lord and that should praise the beauty of holiness. And they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. I've thought about the scene of the battle many times, Brother Dykes. Don't you think those, those enemies, they were looking out there at the singers and the musicians and they were laughing to themselves thinking, What in the world is God's people thinking? Oh, but let me tell you, there's power when 
singing gets anointed by God. The Bible says that when they begin to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. There is Holy Ghost power in anointed singers that'll get up, and they're not just going through the motions. Hey, if you're a praise singer in this church, I want to tell you, you shouldn't treat it with casualness. Amen. But you ought to put your heart into it. You ought to put your soul into it because we need anointed singers. I said we need anointed singers. Come on, I wonder if we can lift up our hands right now. God, give us anointed singers. Give us anointed musicians. We need the anointing. Another time in the book of 2 Kings, the enemy come against the people of God again. They were on their way to battle. They was going to meet him, and they ran out of water in the middle of the desert. And the king of Israel asked for a prophet because they needed a word from the Lord. And listen to the words of Elisha. Sister Rebecca, if I could get you up here on this piano. 2 Kings 3 and 15, he said, but now bring me a minstrel. Let me tell you something, there's power in anointed musicians. I know this is simple tonight, but this is what the Holy Ghost gave me. Come on, the power of God's fixing to fall in this place. I said, there is power in anointed musicians. Amen. But now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord come upon him. The king of Israel said, hey, we need a prophet. We got to have a word from God. And Elisha said, okay. But before I prophesy, I need you to bring me a musician. And as the musician began to play, the hand of the Lord come upon him and he started prophesying he said thus saith the Lord make this valley full of ditches but thus saith the Lord you shall not see the wind neither shall you see rain yet that valley shall be filled with water that ye may drink both you and your cattle and your beasts and he said this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord he will deliver the Moabites into your hand tell you there's something about an anointed musician that'll help usher in the power of God. Hey man, I want to tell you something, musicians. I rejoice in all the time you spend practicing and perfecting your craft. We got to have musicians that are willing to play skillfully before the Lord. I can't tell you the times we've walked into this church. Hey man, and when the first note was played, the anointing stepped in the building. We better thank God for musicians and singers that know how to play and sing under the anointing. It matters. It matters. It makes a difference in our prayers. In Acts 12, Herod was persecuting the church. He placed Simon Peter in prison. He was going to kill him after Easter. Bound in prison some prayer warriors that gathered at a house but the Bible says that prayer was made by the church unto God for him these were people they didn't have influence with the king 
they didn't have a key to the jail cell. They didn't have the ability to bust him out. But they were mighty prayer warriors that knew when you don't know what to do, you can get on your knees and you can start praying. And I want to tell you the end of the story that while they were yet praying, amen, Peter came knocking at their door. I wish somebody right now would begin to pray. I want you to lift up your voice. Come on, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost settling in this house right now. Come on, I want you to help me right now. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Come on, we need the anointing to settle in this house right now. Come on, I'm talking to a child of God. If you only knew the power of what lies within you, if you only knew how much the anointing can make a difference. Come on, I want somebody to lift up your voice right now. I said I want somebody to lift up your voice right now. Come on, something can flow out of you. Something begin to spring up. Come on, you're anointed. I come to tell somebody you have an unction. I said you have an unction. You're anointed. You got the power of God. You've been anointed by the Holy One. And within you lies the power of God without measure. Come on, somebody pray right now. Come on, we got to pray in this house. We need anointed prayer warriors. We need anointing. I want you to hear me right now. It makes the difference in our church services. Exodus 27 and 20. And thou shalt command the children of Israel that they bring thee pure oil, olive beaten for the light to cause the lamp to burn always in the tabernacle of the congregation without the veil which is before the testimony Aaron and his son shall order it from evening to morning before the Lord and it shall be a statute forever uh, under their generations on behalf of the children of Israel uh, we got to get a revelation of this uh, in the tabernacle God instituted uh, somebody say that the people come on somebody say the people that's talking about y'all. That's talking about the saints of God. They were to bring with them the olive oil pure that was for the lamp in the tabernacle. And this was to be the only light in the tabernacle. And it's what illuminated the area and gave the priest the ability to work and do what he needed to do. That olive oil, it's a type of the anointing. And the anointing expresses itself primarily in two ways. As far as the ministry is concerned, we're anointed to see and we're anointed to speak. But I come to tell this church, I come with a word from the Lord. The preacher is not the only one responsible for being anointed. Yes, God will anoint the priest. Yes, God will consecrate the priest. Come on, in, 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 the, in, the, in the Bible, those priests, they would be anointed from head to toe. They was, they was covered in that oil. But God said, it's not my will that the priests are the only ones that are anointed. I want the children of Israel to bring oil with them to the tabernacle. I come to tell you, it's not enough for the preacher to be anointed. But God wants a priest to be anointed just like those five wise virgins they had oil in their vessels I come to tell somebody when you come to church bring the oil with you I said bring the oil with you not just any oil but pure oil there's power when a church gets anointed with the preacher
say it? That vertical anointing that God gives a preacher when it intersects with the horizontal anointing that God places on a congregation, uh, that's when the power falls. That's when revelation flows. That's when illumination happens. That's why you can preach one message at one church and the Holy Ghost will fall and the glory cloud will fill the house. You can preach the same or a similar message in another church and nothing will happen. It's because it matters if the congregation's anointed. I come to tell somebody we got we got a responsibility not to just come to church uh, and hear what the preacher has to say uh, and say amen or clap our hands a little bit uh, if we like what he has to say. Uh, God said, I don't just want the priest to be anointed. Uh, I want the people uh, to have a part uh, in that oil. I come to tell somebody uh, in the tabernacle, uh, you uh, have a responsibility uh, to help illuminate the way uh, so the man of God can work. Uh, hey, if there was impure oil, if there was carnality, let me tell you what happened there was a smokiness and a haze in the tabernacle that's why God said I want my people to bring a pure oil there's something about carnality that just makes things smoky and hazy oh God help us help us God we can't afford to come to church and be carnal I come to tell somebody God wants you to bring the oil with you I said God wants you to bring the oil with you come on I wonder if we can stand to our feet all across this house and begin to pray come on I want somebody to make a commitment right now come on I'm challenging you I'm charging you in the Holy Ghost come on make a commitment to the Lord God I'm going to do my best to bring the oil with me I'm not going to bring oil tarnished by impurities oh God help me to get a hold of myself my spirit I don't want to come to church with carnality but I want there to be a pure oil hey we know what the anointing is we know what it's for we know what it can do but I've come to give you a revelation of how to be anointed the writer in Hebrews is talking about Jesus Christ and he says concerning him Hebrews 1 and 8 but under the sun he saith thy throne O God is forever Ever and ever, a scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. And he said, Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. You want to know why Jesus was anointed above his fellows? It's because he loved righteousness and he hated sin. righteousness. But let me tell you something else. you got to hate sin. I said you got to hate sin. God wants to anoint those who share his view concerning righteousness and sin. John said you have an unction from the Holy One. I come to tell us we have an unction. We have an anointing. We have a quickening. And God help us not to bury it. element in apostolic prayer and praise and worship and preaching that we cannot afford to lose it's Holy Ghost quickening and power it's that suddenly and when the day of Pentecost was fully come 
they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting. We can't afford to lose the suddenly in our services. It's when the Holy Ghost blows in like a rushing mighty wind. It's when the fire falls. It's when the oil starts flowing. It's when somebody not prompted, come on, not pushed, not cheerleaded, something happens and they get out in the aisle and pitch a Holy Ghost fit. It's when somebody starts dancing. It's when somebody starts shouting. It's when somebody takes off running. Suddenly, suddenly, we got to have that. It's in our DNA. It's embedded in the foundation of Pentecost. In Acts 16, Paul and Silas, they were in prison, bound hand and foot, beaten and bruised. But at midnight, they started singing. They started praying. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake. And the foundation of the prison was shaken. And immediately, all the doors were opened. And everyone's bands were loosed. and program a move of God into a service but you can organize it out I come to tell you we believe in that suddenly around here we got time for it we believe in it we want it and I come to tell you and remind you tonight we need it we have got to have it I said we have got to have it we got to have a people that recognize when that anointing hits and recognize when that unction and that quickening starts flowing and we got to have a people that's willing to obey the Lord and obey the Holy Ghost I come to tell you it's the anointing that makes the difference it's the anointing that makes the difference whatever you need tonight there's nothing the anointing of the Holy Ghost cannot help you with if you need a healing come on I'm telling you right now there's enough of God I'm asking you to confirm your word right now God, I'm asking you to confirm your word with signs following. I come to tell somebody, we gotta be hungry for it. We gotta want it. We gotta need it. There's no substitute. And suddenly, and suddenly, and suddenly, there came a sound. Do you hear that sound right now? Do you feel that Holy Ghost wind blowing? Come on, I want you to join up with somebody right now. Come on, something's fixing to happen in this place. Something's fixing to Something's fixing to break. Something's. Come on, somebody obey the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody obey the Holy Ghost right now. I need an elder to help me right now. Come on, somebody obey the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, somebody obey the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, somebody obey the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, somebody obey the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, somebody